TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Some features aren't available in all states, but in just the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com. You'll see upfront pricing information and you can lock in your savings. Third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, every day, true car users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time. Save money. Never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man. I'm 40. I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo woo. And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal Boys and Girls. Ty Hildenbrand here. Dan Rubenstein right on over there. Solid Verbal at gmail.com. That is still the email address. This weekend, as you're watching all the games we're about to preview, don't forget to give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. Call the reverb line at 408-VERBAL-1. If you can't do that, do look us up on Facebook, on FanCred, and of course on the Twitter. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm pretty great. How are you doing? I got a coffee about, I don't know, a couple hours ago. I'm right, I'm right at that zone. I, I always try to figure out when to caffeinate before the show so I'm not too talky, but I'm also not crashing, and yeah. I'm also not. So I think I'm in that smooth zone, but, you know, only time can tell. But beautiful day in New York. Wish it just stays like this for the next few months because it's we're nearing that time where I get a little bit bummed out about the weather. Uh, today was the first day where I wore a button-up to work. Yep. Normally, I wear a polo shirt during yep. the summertime. And so that was a threshold I wasn't super happy about crossing. But but it's college football season. That's what it means. It's dang college football season. So no big complaints for me. How are you? How's Eastern PA? I, I'm doing well, Dan. I'm shot out of a cannon here this evening. We've got better games to discuss True. this evening. Better games than each of the last two weeks. Not to say... It's the best slate I've ever seen in my life. Actually, I think it's kind of a tough card yeah. to pick from, if only because There's, the spreads are funny and we've got some really high quality teams on the road in places where they should win but might not cover. So from that standpoint, it's a little iffy, but I'm I'm excited to be here tonight. There is entertainment, it appears, throughout the college football day. I don't I'm not trying to see what's at noon. Is there anything big at noon happening? It doesn't look like the noon games are great. I mean, lunch, if you want to count that. I do count that. Uh, but 3.30 looks really good. 7.30, 8 o'clock looks uh, entertaining enough. So nothing, I mean, not entertaining enough. Legitimately, we have Oklahoma, West Virginia at 7.30. Clemson, Florida State at 8. Yes. Um, Mississippi State, LSU at 7. So a good night slate, a pretty good afternoon slate. No complaints. for. I'm not in Idaho this weekend. That's right. So there's that, too. That's right. Well, you mentioned Florida State Clemson, Dan. Yes. We have breaking news. 
Man, um, gosh, was it, uh, did something happen with Florida, Florida State? Nothing bad happens at Florida State. No, never. Come on now. Jameis Winston, he's a football player for, is it the Seminoles still? I'm writing this down. Hold on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, the Heisman Trophy winning national championship defending quarterback for the Florida State Seminoles. Nicknamed America's Sweetheart. <laughs> That's right. Jameis Winston, America's <laughs> sweetheart. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> oh, God. Jameis Winston. You just, you're just rooting for the kid. Right. <laughs> Was suspended for the first half of the yeah. Florida State Clemson game. I would imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you're not hearing this news for the first time. Perplexed. And rushing to the internet to find out exactly what happened. Right. But on the off chance you're driving in your car and didn't see the news. Right. Jameis Winston was essentially suspended for taking an internet meme a little too far. Now, we don't need to recite on this show. It was just life advice, Ty. That's <laughs> right. what we do on this show. We don't need to recite the exact phrasing of what Jameis Winston decided to yell from atop a campus table Right. Somewhere on the Tallahassee campus. It was advice for intercoursing somebody in the right place. That's right. Yeah. Very sexually explicit. Yeah. With that said, Jameis Winston's had a bit of a history there, Dan. So for him to stand yeah. up on the table and yell this out in the middle of campus, there were numerous tweets that people were able to find. Hey, we saw Jameis Winston for the first time on campus. And guess what he was doing? Right. Dot, dot, dot. Self-awareness is a hell of a complicated thing uh, for somebody of any age. But for a 20-year-old, it's, it's an extremely difficult thing for some people. And for some, the limelight and attention and not realizing what will be put out into the world via Twitter and Facebook or whatever is, uh, is still foreign, even with said attention. So... Uh, a poor decision. It was one of those things when I heard about it, I was like, that's a dumb thing. Yep. That is a dumb thing done by a person that has a history of doing some dumb things, to use perhaps not a word that is fully descriptive of the past few years of his life. But at the same time, it didn't feel like something that required anything more than a sit down in an office. But then at the same time, there is probably, and I tweeted this out, some sort of zero tolerance, very short rope leash, whatever, for his behavior after some of what he has been involved in in the past couple of years. So then I get that, especially yeah. to send a message that nobody is above recourse and accountability. So he is suspended for the first half of the Clemson game. Just seemed really dumb and just tone deaf. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Decision-making off the football field. Not the best. Definitely graded as needs improvement from pro scouts. When that time and place comes, you know you're going to hear more about this. A dumb decision. Yeah. It needs to be better than this. I'm sure he got a talking to from Jimbo Fisher. Um, suffice to say, Verby for crime of the year, going in some way, shape, or form to Jameis Winston? Well, this wasn't a crime. It is, well, it is It is. not illegal hmm, to yell things right. unless they cause a public disturbance. He was not cited for this. We can call it a crime, though. It's our award show. It's a It's a crime against common sense. There we go. Sure. Uh, and yes, it is our award show. We can do whatever we want. We can do want. whatever we want, yeah. Um, we should figure out what we're going to have the Verbies this year. I liked when we did it in person. That was fun. 
I like your musk. How does this affect the Clemson Florida State game? You're just gonna have to stay tuned uh, to the preview. I like the cut of your jib, out. Dan. I like the cut of your jib. Any other news, Ty? I was just gonna get into the games, Dan. Any big injuries? Anything? I just saw that Ed Orgeron allegedly turned down the head coaching job at Nichols State, whose coach stepped down this week. Nice. So it would have been nice to have Ed Orgeron back into our lives in some sort of official capacity. Um, easy call is up on espionation.com. You're a company man. Look at you. It's a website. But other than that, no, there's there's nothing enormous that is uh, that's going on beyond the Jameis stuff that appears to be affecting this weekend's games. I know what's his name? Keith Ford is hurt for Oklahoma, broken foot. But that's something we're going to talk about as you keep listening to the solid verbal. As you said, Dan, let's get right into it. Week four. Crazy this Ooh, week, Dan. Insane. Feeling a little bit loco. I stand by the fact that there are only a handful of consistent teams. Okay. I don't think that's a I don't think you're out on a limb there. I'd throw Florida State, Alabama, Auburn, Oregon, Oklahoma, Baylor, maybe one or two others in that grouping. Everyone I, else even, You know what? I'm not even ready to go that far. No? Name name your favorite FBS team that Baylor has played. <laughs> <laughs> just list off. Just spitfire. Just go. Just go. Just whatever comes to your head. Let's just freeform it. No? Yeah. Um, having a hard time here. Sorry. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to say FBS. I meant Power 5 Conference. SMU is, of course, barely hanging on right. as an FBS team, and so is Buffalo. Um, but, yeah, name your favorite. Damn it. I should have said Power Conference. That joke would have been way better. Um, but, yeah, I'm not ready unless you've played and looked good against somebody decent i'm not even ready to go that far about that many those many that many teams um so you're you're actually you might be more optimistic than i i am going to utilize the strike through functionality on my google doc here good highlight baylor strike through there we go wait wait and see on the baylor bears although i'd still do feel pretty confident about what we have there um a lot of inconsistency across the board And so as you look at these games now before us, I think it's going to put some of that to the test. A lot of the name brand teams we're going to discuss Mm -hmm. are going to be up against it here. And we're going to see what they're made of. Let's first start with a Thursday night showdown, Dan. Thursday night, 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m., excuse Mm -hmm. me, on ESPN, the Auburn Tigers traveling to Manhattan, Kansas, squaring off against the Kansas State Wildcats. Right. Auburn, a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, Dan. Who you got? I am taking Auburn here, and I'm not thrilled about it just because taking – I mean, let's evaluate what we think about Kansas State first and foremost. We don't know a ton about them. They beat nobody, and then they barely got by Iowa State. We, with Kansas State's history, believe that they're well-coached and are talented and well-developed, but we can't be sure about the 2014 iteration just because the sample size just isn't there. We like a lot of things, Tyler Lockett and Jake Waters and Ryan Mueller, and the fact that Auburn is going to Manhattan, Kansas, which is a somewhat remote and different place for Auburn. Um, They're going to be loud. They're going to be insane. It's going to be distracting for Auburn. But ultimately, I think a close game turns into a 10 to 13 to 17 point game just because I'm not sure that Kansas State at this moment in the season 
is ready to be a 9-10 looking win team. We saw them start slow last year and become a lot better over the course of the season. I think that's what we've seen the past few years when they've had to sort of replenish their roster and their depth chart. So I think Auburn looks really good late in this game after Gus Malzahn has sort of poked and prodded and figured out to a certain extent the Kansas State defense. But I think uh, I think they give them all they can handle for about two and a half quarters. So yeah, and, I'm going to say something like 34 to 20 uh, Tigers. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We don't know enough about K state through three right. weeks of the season. We've seen some inconsistencies that may lead us to feel less than confident about K state's chances moving mm-hmm. forward. And then again, we know in the back of our minds that K state could cover sure. the spread. I don't know if they're quite going to shock the world. Like a gentleman on our Facebook page has been proclaiming now for several weeks. I don't know if that's going to happen. When We've Auburn seen comes to wackier town. things Thursday nights. Those the, that's the weirdness. If this happens, I if that happens, I would be stunned. Really stunned to see Kansas State win this game. The line opened at six and a half. It jumped almost instantly to nine and a half. Mm-hmm. I would expect a ton of people to be on Auburn here, and I think the only reason you're not is if you're rooting for K State or just in general for Auburn to lose. This is true. And the big thing with Kansas State is their defense isn't there yet. That's right. Um, and That's we don't right. know. Yeah, we don't know just because it's the two games thing. But they haven't been fantastic really stopping the run or the pass. And if you even just look at that Iowa State game, they needed every single minute of those 60 minutes to win that game. So Auburn, a decided jump from Iowa State in any way you look at those two teams. So that's troubling. But again, a good coach with a good quarterback and just decency everywhere on that depth chart. Not stars everywhere, but they can rush the passer pretty well. Um, it it's worrisome. This is this is Kansas State's early season Super Bowl. Absolutely, the de facto national championship, as yes. I've come to call it here on the show. And look, I think Auburn wins the game. Yeah, the point spread gives me. A little bit of anxiety, but I just don't see it. I I like K-State. I love Tyler Lockett. We'll talk about him till we're blue in the face. I am spooked by the anomalies we've seen on Thursday night, so that may factor in. But as you said, the turnover on defense for K-State, I'm just not sure the defense can handle a blitzkrieg like they're going to get from Gus Malzahn on Thursday. So I think I like Auburn here. I also think Auburn's defense is better than it was a year ago, and that could come into play here. Let me say Auburn 47, K-State 28, somewhere in that range. Auburn You like a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah, I think Auburn comes to town and uh, proves that they mean business. Wow. Okay. This is definitely one of those games where Sunday, midday, when we record, our reaction could be, we probably should have seen that coming. Sunday? How about Friday? How about Friday morning on Gchat? Oh, excuse me. That's true as well. Yeah. Thursday night on text message. Yeah. And Auburn actually is, I mean, they're defensively, they are not at full strength as, as to what they could have been right. uh, during the, uh, the summer with Carl Lawson going down. So, you know, they, they have less depth than they anticipated and they seem not complete, but serviceable kind of everywhere. They have the best receiver in this game. That's a thing that counts for something, right? And probably the best defensive end. Yeah. All right, Dan. Well, let's move to Saturday at three 30. Let's just jump right over lunch. Shall we really? I guess there's I looked there's no no Pat League game. Lafayette does. I think Lafayette plays Bill and Mary later on that night. Yeah, it's a later game. Don't worry about Pat League early. Take the misses out. Go see cats again. (laughs) 
What is... Again, you haven't seen Cats. I have not seen Cats, no. Neither have I, but you're recommending it. If you've not seen Cats, uh, or if you have seen Cats and you want to graduate to bigger jungle cats, go see Lion King. Our friend Taylor, via email at Mm solidverbal.com, says that if you're in the Williamsburg, Virginia area, Cats is playing pretty much the entire month of September at Williamsburg Players Incorporated. Well, I think we know where we're going to do Verbicon 2015. He's also sent me every location for the next eight weeks or so where Cats is playing. What's the closest location to Allentown, PA? There's a Littlestown, PA, which I don't know where that is. And then there's a Jamestown, New York and a Huntington, New York. Man, I know what your wedding gift is going to (laughs) be. 3.30. Yes. On Saturday on CBS, Alabama playing host. To the Florida Gators. This was a weird line that's jumped around. It's settled, it seems, at 14 and a half. Mm. Down from 19. Dan, what am I missing here? What what empirical data do we have to suggest that this game will be within two scores? Anything? Um, Yeah. Lane Kiffin against a good defense? Hmm. I think that's a little bit worrisome. Hmm. Florida is a lot healthier than they were during their 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 dark period in 2013. <laughs> when they were dealing with their dark passenger. Yeah, their offensive line, I believe, is somewhat healthier. They have a, a true number one receiver, apparently, in Demarcus Robinson. Um, they don't. Still, Alabama have a, a concrete answer at cornerback, I think, consistently. Not that Florida should be able to take advantage of that consistently. I think Florida is good enough to ugly up this game because of their defense. I'm not confident in Florida's ability to travel and beat a good team still until I see it against a mediocre team. Or just a team in general. Right. Um but yeah, I think Florida could pick off Blake Sims for a pick six and get, you know, just weird scenario, whatever. I just don't think Florida has enough answers for four quarters, but I actually think I'm taking the Gators to sort of, I don't know if it's in a backdoor cover situation, but I could see 27, 28, 14. So right there, I had it at it, you know, it was what, 15, 16 yeah. before. Yeah. So down to 14 and a half. Yeah, I could see like a crazy 28-14, barely covered, 28-17 okay. with a defensive touchdown or something. Well, I think we're kind of on the same page. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take Alabama. But okay. for a second, let me give Florida the benefit of the doubt. Yes. If only for a second. One of the biggest rules of picking games, especially in college football, mm-hmm. especially this early in the season, right? don't overreact. Let's not jump the gun because right. of the Kentucky scare. Correct. All right. Maybe Kentucky is way better than we thought. Maybe the offense has turned a corner under Kurt Roper because the yards have been there Mm -hmm. through two games. Maybe Jeff Driscoll and your boy Demarcus Robinson can hook up. And And Jones had a very nice game against Kentucky. Sure. Maybe they can exploit Alabama. I don't know. I will believe it when I see it. My hunch here is that Alabama has too much balance and just too much talent. I think they win the game easily. The only way... Florida covers this spread is if it's of the backdoor variety. Okay. Maybe not the best way to phrase it, but no, but Hey, you do what you got to do. I am going to say Alabama 35, Florida 17. So we're about on the same page with this one here. Yes. We'll agree on Florida's 17 points. Yeah, that, I mean, we sort of agree. 
3.30 on ABC. The Michigan Wolverines. Ugh. Five and a half point favorites. Ugh. Hosting the Utah Utes. Yes. A bellwether game for Brady Hoke, Dan? Yes. This is their first game. I guess they had Notre Dame. They scored zero points. So it's their first game since scoring zero points against Notre Dame against uh, a Power 5 team to show something. They didn't look great against Miami of Ohio, who is really bad. Utah has played Fresno and Idaho State. They've scored nearly 60 points in each of those games. Doesn't mean a ton. It looks as though, though Fresno is just below average at its very best. Um, and Michigan's not bad on D. They're not fantastic, but they can sort of shift games. I mean, Notre Dame didn't run the ball well. No. The, the one sort of game we can look at with Michigan. So there, there are things to take away positively about Michigan. Um, but I don't think Utah is going to be running all that much. I think Travis Wilson is going to be a pretty good quarterback in the Pac-12. He'll be an upper-level Pac-12 quarterback this year, especially with Taylor Kelly now looking like he's out for a little bit. Um, I think Utah wins this game. Ah. I think Utah wins this game. I think you could very easily see a 27-24, 31-28 type game. I don't think Michigan is good enough to outpace a team with what appears to be a semi-potent offense. And I really like Travis Wilson. I really like uh, Drez Anderson for Utah. And this offense has been clicking. And if there's anything I don't believe, the thing I believe in least in this game is Michigan offensive consistency, especially the, the further into the middle of the field you get, the less I feel confident in uh, in the Wolverines. I think this is a huge, huge game for Brady Hoke and his future in Ann Arbor. Yeah, because Utah is a sneaky good team, a sneaky sure. good team. They're very much below the radar. Mm-hmm. Michigan has an edge in pure talent, undoubtedly. Yeah, and if Hoke can't take advantage of that, it's simply because he got outcoached. And after the Notre Dame game, I don't think he can afford many more games like that because they just looked unprepared against Notre Dame. They can't go out there and look the same against a Utah team, which doesn't quite have the glitz and glamour of a Notre Dame. If I'm Michigan, I line up and I run directly at Utah because Utah's vulnerable on the interior line. Mm -hmm. The defense as a whole, as you know, is vulnerable, if only because there is a fair amount of turnover there from last season. Yep. History has shown us that Utah is going to be just fine and they'll finish with a top whatever defense. But it's early, and Michigan is clearly the toughest opponent Utah's had thus far. So if there's ever a chance for Michigan to take care of a defense that is going to get there but isn't quite there, this to me feels like the game to do it. I also think the run game can only be effective if Devin Gardner can pass. And this is a big deal. He couldn't do it against Notre Dame. Right. And it hurts even more now that Devin Funches is a little banged up. Now, he's a question mark for Saturday. Is is Devin Gardner can pass the name of three new offensive linemen for Michigan? (laughs) Is there Steve, Sam, and John Devin Gardner can pass playing center, left guard, and right guard? I don't know. I don't know. The passing game. The passing game is is what worries me. All right. I I don't think Utah is the brick wall in defense. If there's no threat of that passing game, 
I think Utah can hold down Derrick Henry. I think they can contain Gardner. I think they can do enough offensively with your boy Travis Wilson to win this game outright. So, yeah, I think Utah wins this game too. I I don't want to say it. I don't. Wow. Michigan people are going to be all up on us for this, but right. Utah can speed up the game. They can hit Michigan with quick passes. Michigan's talented defensively, but they're not great at tackling. Not in the secondary. I think Utah no. gets the job done here, Dan. I'm calling the upset. What you can never discount with uh, with Michigan, especially with Utah going on the road, is just how raucous that big house crowd is. <laughs> would, would, would you like to hear my impression of the overbearing slurs and hatred that will be hurled at Utah when they're on offense? Hey, you. Please don't. Please don't succeed. That... Hey, 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 this is, uh, please don't, please, oh, okay, but next time maybe you won't. I've met meaner Michigan fans than that. (laughs) I think, I think that's the general noise level. I don't know if the sentiment is perfect, but I think that's the general. Come on, it's a tough tough place to play. There's 100,000 people in that stadium. Yeah, it's 100,000 people that are very respectful of people's personal (laughs) ear space. (laughs) Let's move on before we get in any more trouble. I'm good. 7 p.m. ESPN, LSU, the Tigers hosting Mississippi State. Yeah. LSU is a 10-point favorite. This line gives Mississippi State a lot of credit. At least it did when it opened at only 7. It jumped Mm -hmm. pretty quickly to 10. Yeah. There's a fellow from Mississippi State, Dan. His name is Dak Prescott. Have you heard of this chap? Yeah. He completed almost 50 I'm going to repeat myself. 50% of his passes against UAB. A lot of buzz around Dak Prescott this year. <laughs> he is not the reason this game opened at 7, Dan. The reason is that Mississippi State, very quietly, has a very solid defense, right? Um, they have a very solid defense. They haven't played anybody that I would consider bellwethery quite yet. Um, yes, they are talented on defense. They should be very good defensively all season long. I'm just not positive, and I can't imagine you're all that confident right now in Mississippi State. I mean, who have they beaten, like actually won in terms of beating a good team, a ranked team, a, no. a top 15, 20 team in the in the past, I don't know, two or three years? Maybe I, maybe I'm totally wrong here, but it always seems like the height of Mississippi State is like, wow, they really gave Cam Newton a scare there. <laughs> wow, man, that's a, that's a Starkville's tough. Warn us to, before you do that next time. Yeah. Um, so I like Mississippi State going to Baton Rouge. They're, they're certainly good enough to lose this game 20 to 16. And I don't fully trust LSU's offense against a good defense. Right. Um, that's a big issue for me, but. Mississippi State and especially the Mississippi State offense and they should be able to run ish. There's sort of like that spread to power run kind of game that Dan Mullen ran at Florida and has run at Mississippi State with what has appeared to be the same quarterback year in and year out. I guess Tyler Russell was a smaller version of that. But I think LSU is more built to stop what Mississippi State is trying to do than say what Wisconsin was trying to do. Um and that sort of more fullback eye kind of thing, whereas Mississippi State's going to look to play with perimeter a little bit more, I would assume. Um, so I'm going to take LSU here, and I think it's probably close at halftime, but ultimately at Baton Rouge, at night, I just I don't see Mississippi State having an offensive ability to sort of stay with, even though I don't trust LSU's offense that much, I don't trust Mississippi State to score more than 
20 points in this game and I could see LSU scoring between 24 and 34. So I think it ultimately is 31 17 31 18 LSU. We, we are really starting to think alike and that scares me a little bit. Yeah, you should be scared cuz I'm terrible against the spread this year. Yeah, I mean the Bulldogs look they're Excuse good enough. Me, perfect. <laughs> perfect, right. I'm the surest thing. The Bulldogs are good enough defensively. Yes. They can contain LSU's rushing attack and they're certainly good enough to turn over LSU's quarterback once or twice. There's some inexperience there, Anthony mm-hmm. Jennings. But will that be enough? Will that be enough? That's the question for me. Mississippi State's offense couldn't move the ball last season against better defenses. That was the problem. Can they do it this year? We just don't have enough data to suggest that they can or can't. I think this is a really ugly game, and I think it's won by big plays on defense and special teams. Kind of feels like a game where there's going to be a safety or like a block kick, something like that. You know? That sounds right. Yeah. So I think in an ugly game, you got to like LSU because those are the types of games Les Miles thrives in, especially at home, at night, in Death Valley. I'm going to say LSU, let's give it a weird, like 26. You don't get 26 points that much. Right. 26 to 14, LSU beats Mississippi State, covers the spread, and it's close throughout. I'm guaranteeing a crazy LSU trick play. Like a triple pass, fake field goal. Yeah, that that is like a deciding, like flip the momentum. Uh, we saw the fake punt against yeah. uh, Wisconsin. I think you're going to see uh, a, a a less miles oddity happening in this game. All right, let's move to 7 p.m. on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Arizona, ten point yeah. favorite against the Cal Bears. Before I even looked at this game, Dan, I highlighted Cal. Right. Why? Game opened at 17 in favor of Mm -hmm. Arizona. Now it's down almost a full touchdown. If you are looking for a shootout, Mm -hmm. this game is clearly for you. Here's why I'm taking Cal. If you're a new listener, we have a rule about games like this. You'll hear us say, take the points in a shootout. Right. It's sort of our way of saying that we don't trust either defense. And we're not sure who's going to win the game. But, well, let's just err on the side of whoever is getting free points. Right. I'm picking Cal plus 10, I think because this game fits that rule to a T. It just feels like a shootout to me. It does feel like a shootout. Absolutely, it does. And the thing I'm very curious about, Arizona hasn't played anybody of substance yet. It's, I mean, UTSA is a nice story, and they've looked pretty good. Nevada's fine. Uh, I think the other team was UNLV. They haven't played anyone, and even without playing a team that's, again, the adjective of the night, bellwethery, um, they don't stop quarterbacks from throwing the ball to receivers from hand to hand. And that to me is a worry when that's all Cal wants to do. Um, Jared Goff has been pretty exceptional this year. They're completing about, I don't know, something well over 60% of their passes. Um, and a passing team going against a team that can't stop the pass has a shot. They have good receivers. I'm not crazy about their defense, but I'm not crazy about Arizona's defense either. All right. Um, I'm going, I don't, I want to take Cal outright. I'm not ready to do that because I really like a new Solomon and his abilities. So really, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think, uh, I'm going to take those points because of that logic. I'm going to say 
38-34 Arizona in a heartbreaker for Cal. Okay. But it decided, almost like we saw with Colorado last week, a very nice showing and indicator of hopeful things to come. Colorado played well, I want to say, against who they play last week, ASU. Yeah. Um, I think it's similar, like a similar type game for Cal. Dan, where you lack the courage, I will show it. Outright. Lock of the week. Oh. I am picking Cal outright. Wow. Outright. I'm impressed with that. Arizona's numbers have certainly been impressive. I am not sold on a new Solomon. He left really? a lot to be desired. Did you watch the UTSA game a couple weeks yeah, ago? It wasn't, it wasn't great. The X and O's types out there on the interwebs were a flutter. Were they aghast and a flutter? Yes. They were saying that Anu was more guessing than reading the defense of UTSA. And of course, this doesn't really matter at this point, but UTSA's my, defense is pretty good. They're good. But still, UTSA is UTSA. Let's not, not, God, why, yeah, I was gonna let's say, not get what, too excited about UTSA. Where have yet. we come as a show where I've uttered the phrase, UTSA's defense is pretty good. My key to this game is Jared Goff. I think yeah. he gets a ton of time to throw. If Zona can't pressure him, he's going to go off for 400 yards, five touchdowns, oh, yeah. probably three picks, too. Sure. But this is an old-fashioned shootout. Let's play it again. Cal wins the game 52-41 to 41 in a game with 1,300 total yards, Dan. Yeah, Cal strikes me as sort of Washington State, but with a plan. Yeah, that sounds like about last right to year, me. Last year was sort of a disaster, and they were beat up on defense, but it just... It, you see the market improvement. You see that Sonny Dykes is going to he's going to stockpile players, I think, probably better. I like the fact that they brought in, I think it's Art Kaufman as their defensive coordinator, who's had some success at different places. I just feel like Cal is like premium wazoo right now. So I like him a lot. All right, Dan, let's take a quick breather. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about tonight's sponsor and then get into the other action of week four. Yes. Have you heard who's next with Goldberg? Yes, sir! Every Tuesday, wrestling legend Bill Goldberg hangs out with his well-known friends. From the NFL. Deion Sanders. How you doing, my friend? The ring. Talking with uh, my very good friend, Diamond Dallas Page. Chuck Zito! Zito! Plus, he might even answer your wrestling questions. It's a dream come true, man. Thank you for answering my uh, questions. So find out who's next with Goldberg. Putting some content together that you ain't never heard before. Every Tuesday at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastONE.com. All right, Dan, if you haven't joined FanDuel yet, you need to change that this week. Start turning all of those hidden fantasy skills into real hard American cash. You can do it every single weekend. Joe Watson, a fellow just like you, Dan. Uh, I wish he's from New York. He turned a $50 deposit into over 30 grand in two weeks. Two weeks playing fantasy football on FanDuel. That's last season money right there. That's right. Join him. Join the hundreds of thousands of other users who have already won money. As you know, I've been trying this out. I have not had the good fortune of winning yet. Thanks to my friend Everett Golson, who went off a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. Sank. Sank, I say, my team's chances mm -hmm. of winning, but I'm going to get back up on the horse and try it again. You can do college, you can do pro, you can do baseball. All of the sports are on there. FanDuel.com is the bona fide leader in one-week fantasy football leagues for real money, immediate cash payouts. The money is real. It's legal. Entry fees start at just $1. 
$1. The best part is there's no season-long commitment, no upfront fees. You can set a new lineup each week if you want to. Here's how you do it, Dan. I want you to jot this down. You got I'm a pen. jotting. I'm, I'm very jotful. FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use our code VERBAL, V-E-R-B-A-L, and sign up today. It's a new user special right now. It's ending soon. FanDuel is going to match your first deposit Damn. dollar Damn. up to 200 bucks. That's up to Damn. 200 free bucks. The offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the promo code VERBAL. That's V-E-R-B-A-L. One more time, it's FanDuel.com, where every week's a new season, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com, Dan. Oh, do it now. All right, let's get into the other action for week four. This is yes. a big one. 7.30 on Fox. Eastern Michigan. Okay, sorry. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, a seven and a half point favorite. Yeah. On the road in Morgantown against the West Virginia Mountaineers. Dan, beware. It started at double digits, the spread, and came, I mean, a chunk came off of that game spread-wise. Beware the Gus Johnson game. You, that is a fair point. I did not realize Gus was doing that game. I didn't know it was on Fox, and now I do. Um, my immediate thoughts when I saw this game was I looked up when the Tavon Austin Oklahoma game was in Morgantown and Mike Stoops was indeed the defensive coordinator when Tavon Austin finished with 837 total yards. So that gave me a little bit of worry with uh, what looks to be a very good uh, West Virginia offense going against a very good Mike Stoops defense that I think looks better than it looked a couple of years ago thus far. I like the fact that West Virginia has been throwing the ball particularly well. Clint Trickett has looked very good. I like Kevin White a lot as a big weapon, especially going against a, a secondary uh, highlighted by Zach Sanchez, Carlos Beltran, Carlos Sanchez, <laughs> um, Zach Sanchez, excuse Zach me, Zach Sanchez um, for Oklahoma. He's beat up a little, but should be playing. Of course, Oklahoma has the Keith Ford injury. He's out three to four weeks, something like that with the fractured foot. But I just saw that West Virginia's, uh, number one corner is going to be out in this game as well. So injuries and depth will play a role. I am much more confident in Oklahoma being able to fill in those depth holes than I am West Virginia at this point, especially on defense. But got to beware those depth holes, depth holes. What's up? What's up? Um, I'm going to go West Virginia to cover and lose. I think this is a tight, crazy game. Morgantown's a difficult place to play. Uh, I, I, as much as I liked Trevor Knight against Alabama, you'd like to see more of a sample size of him succeeding, uh, especially with Keith Ford out. I think West Virginia is going to be okay on defense, not fantastic. I think ultimately the fact that they're not super deep and not able to hold on to leads because of that depth is their ultimate undoing in this game. Mm. But if West Virginia, if, if West Virginia is able to get four, four and a half plus yards per carry from, uh, from Russell shell, I think they're going to be damn impossible to beat in Morgantown. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Oklahoma wins this game close. I like, what did you say the spread was at? Seven and a half. See, I thought six or seven sounded right to me, which is why I went on easy call with West Virginia. I'm still going to go with, uh, with West Virginia here. I think they're another team that covers just because of their, their offensive potency. Let's call it 34, 28 Oklahoma. Am I the only one who has a hard time saying Russell 
shell. I, I really feel strange saying it. That's a hard name to say. Like my every fiber. It's like, you know, in Liar Liar. Yeah. When Jim Carrey's trying to write the phrase, this is a blue pen with a red pen and can't do it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's it's got a little bit of that in it. Like my brain, as I'm saying, Russell is saying Russell, and it's very confusing as to what I'm actually saying. It's one of those tongue twisters. Yes, Russell shall. Russell shall. Well, so you're buying West Virginia then? Okay, good for you. I'm buying West Virginia. I'm I'm buying the crowd yeah. at Morgantown. I'm buying this as a a very difficult swarm to walk into. I'm buying the fact that Oklahoma is a little bit beat up. I, here's the scary thing to me about Oklahoma in this game. If Jordan Phillips is interrupting everybody, and that's the most polite way I could come up with a way of describing uh, Oklahoma's interior line, I am I am very concerned about West Virginia. But I think West Virginia is going to be able to do enough. I think Trickett's going to be able to get the, rid of the ball quick enough where they're going to stay in this game. Well, good for you for buying West Virginia. I am not yeah. buying okay. West Fair Virginia. Enough. I am cognizant of the fact that I am betting Oklahoma at night on the road. Never okay. the best situation. No. However. 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 Oklahoma's defense is clearly the oh, best West so Virginia good. will play all year. Yeah. And Clint Trickett, though he still has a tremendous head of hair, will not have the kind of success in this game as he did against Alabama. Right. Certainly not the kind he had last week against Maryland. I just don't trust... West Virginia's defense at all. I don't trust the offense against a great defense in Oklahoma. Don't put any real money on this game if you're listening at home. Right. You know, like, don't tempt fate because it looks like the line's low. Oklahoma is still Oklahoma E on the road. And though it defies every morsel of logic that I can find. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they could find some way to blow this game up because they are Oklahoma and they've done this before. Correct. With all those qualifiers, I am still taking Oklahoma. I think they win this game by 14 points. I really like Oklahoma. I think they're for real. I'm going to stick with them until they prove me wrong. Wow. So give me the Sooners. I'll say, let's say 38 to 24, 21, somewhere in that range. A lot of points. Yeah. All right. 8 p.m. on ESPN 2. 8 p.m. ESPN 2. The Deuce. I am intrigued. What am I watching? I am intrigued by Nebraska hosting Miami. As am I. Seven point line, a matchup of two storied programs, and really a good barometer in the early going for comparing the ACC to the Big Ten. Now, I don't know if anyone asked for that, but (laughs) but we're going to get it. And I really want to take Nebraska here. I really do. My gut reaction was to lock up Nebraska. But then you go and you look at the numbers. And here's where numbers maybe lie to you a bit. We'll find out soon enough. I'm having trouble resolving Miami's early numbers against the run. Okay. Currently fourth in the nation in yards per rush. Yeah. I don't know if that's because Miami's new names up front are better than a year ago or because they haven't played anyone. I, I don't know. Do you know? Do you have a, a guess there? Um, they looked pretty solid. Louisville was able to score through the air and move the ball through the air more than anything, I feel like. Yeah. So maybe it was just a, as a result of that. And they Miami looked really good against Arkansas State, which 
is fine, but it's nothing special. I'm not, you know, it's it's a sample size thing at this point. It's, they were pretty good last year for the first part of the season. They they were, and that's the matchup for me. That that right. really is the matchup for me because Nebraska's going to try to ram it down Miami's throat. If Miami Death can holes. slow down, right? <laughs> if Miami can slow down Amir Abdullah, yeah. If they can make Tommy Noarm throw the ball, mm-hmm. I think this is a tight game, and it would not surprise me if Miami won here. I will take Nebraska to win 27-23. I think these two teams are are almost dead even. Seven points is too much for me, so I'll take Miami here to cover, but Nebraska to win by by four. Really worried about Nebraska's health issues on both sides of the ball. They're, they've gotten healthier. Randy Gregory played against Fresno after sitting out. Um, against McNeese State. They were really beat up in that second half of McNeese State. Jamal Turner, Kenny Bell, all these guys, they, I mean, I know Kenny Bell has been back, but this is not a team playing at 100%, which is worrisome considering the type of turnover they had on their lines going into the season. So for that reason, the fact that Brad Kaya actually looked pretty good, actually looked really good against Arkansas State, which is, granted, again, Arkansas State, but true freshman coming in and, and sort of tasked with the responsibility of, of helming Miami. That's a thing that matters. Um, I think Miami keeps it close. Ultimately, I think Nebraska wins a squeaker. I think Nebraska is able to move the ball a little bit through the air. I don't think Tommy Armstrong is going to be throwing it down the field a ton, but if they give him simple enough throws to complete, crossing routes, screens, stuff like that, I think Nebraska is talented enough to turn three into 12 against this Miami defense. So I think at home with, if we're going to pencil in a, a Brad Kaya, true freshman mistake at a, at Memorial stadium for Nebraska, I'm going to say Huskers take this 28, 27, 24, 28, 27 in between a one and four point game. So you're saying the same thing I'm saying then. Yes. Essentially, you're like in a close game, too. So you're taking yeah. Miami to cover. I'm taking Miami to cover. Yes, okay. I'm taking a lot of dogs to cover. Maybe a couple to win outright. I have Utah winning outright. Finally, another 8 p.m. Eastern game. It's a big mm-hmm. one on ABC. Florida State, the Seminoles headliner. 17 point favorites against the Clemson Tigers. Now, it was just a year ago. Florida State was a five point favorite on the road against Clemson. Right. And subsequently drilled the Tigers by 37, a cool 37. The game was over in the first quarter Mm -hmm. this year. The Knolls much more of a known quantity. Yes. And the line has been adjusted accordingly. It's been readjusted accordingly now with the Jameis Winston news that broke a little bit earlier today. This year, the line is at 17. I think the Knolls still could win by 37. I've, I've seen it go down to even 16. Yeah. I think, I've seen it down to one point, Ty. I think Florida State could still win by the same margin. Let me sure. throw this out there. Clemson's going to lose this game. They were always going to lose this game. Wow. When it happens, don't tweet us. Don't call us. Don't talk about it being a Clemsoning. Right. Oh, this, please this, don't. This is not a Clemsoning if Clemson loses. This is a game. Correct. They were always going to lose. They are still going to lose even without Jameis Winston for one half. As far as I'm concerned, it's a foregone conclusion. Get over it. Now, yeah, last week's last week's Boston College win over USC was as clear an example of Clemsoning that exists. Yes. Thank you. That they was a Clemson. They, they come into the season without a ton of hype, increase the hype and perhaps look past a team uh, that they shouldn't have looked past or simply get 
out efforted by a team like Boston College did, and thus Clemsoned at least the early part of the season away. That was a classic Clemsoning. Clemson losing to Florida State, a game that's been circled on their calendar as a very tough game on the road and that nobody really expected them to win, and then they lose not a Clemsoning. This would not be a Clemsoning, no. But I will say this. If you believe in in-game Clemsoning, I yes. might be able to hand it to you. I, if you if Clemson were to go up 17 to 3, 28 to 10, something like that in the second half and then go on to lose this game, they've increased the expectations and then they lose. I'm willing to listen to that argument because I and you came up with this term. But in terms of just losing outright like they did last year convincingly, that's not a Clemsoning. This would not be a Clemsoning, no. If you're going to watch anything here, if you're looking for a matchup, we like to mm-hmm. point out these matchups. Watch Clemson's front seven. Mm-hmm. It's an attacking unit, an experienced unit. We should watch how often we say unit when we're talking about James Winston. But could that front seven create some problems for Florida State? Florida State's got a very experienced, a very talented offensive line. Mm-hmm. Could it create some problems? Yeah, I, I suppose it could. They wore down in the latter it's, it's stage of It's still a very good matchup. Yeah. Still a good matchup. Then there's the question of Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. the dual threat freshman quarterback. He's led six drives for Clemson this season. Five of them have gone for touchdowns. Take that, South Carolina State. Clemson had the bye last week. Did Dabo Swinney come up with some way to use Watson in this game? Uh, I, I don't would know. imagine he sees some time. I think he sees some time, too. All that said, I still don't think Clemson comes within 17 of Florida State. And I'm going to take the Knowles here to win, to cover, to move on to next week, to move on to the week after, and ultimately go undefeated this season. Right. But there are some interesting matchups to watch if you're interested in in this game, at least the half of this game where Jameis Winston won't be playing. Well, here's here's how I see this game. I've gone back and forth with the line coming down. When it was at uh, when it was Jameis Winston playing in this game. I felt pretty good that Florida State, especially coming off of the Oklahoma State game uh, three weeks ago, that Florida State would want to send a message and blow this Clemson team, which looked decidedly below average against Georgia out of the water. Clemson, by all accounts, since they've only played nobody since uh, since their Georgia loss, they could very much have very well have improved. Um the defense against Georgia, I'm not putting anything significant on them because the offense was so bad and they were on the field. The The defense was because of how bad the Clemson offense was pretty much the whole second half. It was three and out, 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 whatever. So I am willing to believe Clemson's defense can be good if Clemson's offense gives them a break and some points and some field position, whatever the case may be. But I think Florida State, especially on defense is going to be too good for Cole Stout and or Deshaun Watson. If Clemson's able to run the ball, which Oklahoma State was able to run the ball against Florida State a little bit, it becomes very interesting to me because that appears early on in the season to be where Florida State may be vulnerable, if anywhere. And and Florida State being vulnerable is very different than other teams being vulnerable. Within the context of Florida State, the front seven certainly doesn't look like what they were at last year. I'm going to say... Clemson keeps this game relatively close. I think ultimately 41 23, 41-21. I think Florida State just gets by with a cover. Okay. I was going to say something in the 42-14 area. 
I think Clemson's offense will score. Okay. But then get shut down. All right. So you're I going think Florida State's defense, as deep as it's become, will get stronger over the course of this game. So you're going Florida State then. Florida State to cover, correct. Florida State to cover. At home, big energy. I feel good about that. But then again, Sean McGuire against a good Clemson defense could be it could be a difficult thing to come back and cover with. Who knows? Let me say this. I hope it's not a runaway train like it was last year. Absolutely. I hope it isn't. I want to see a good Saturday night game, 8 o'clock, ABC. Watch the game. Our own Chris Capper, our good friend, sent in his own lock from way off our radar. Let's have a listen. Mm. He's talking ECU UNC. Hey guys, Chris Caverback here. We hit last week with ECU outright as the underdog. We're now two and one on the season for this week. Let's fade those pirates and take North Carolina plus two and a half at ECU. Uh, another situational play here, guys. East Carolina goes on the road last week in a hostile environment at, uh, at Virginia Tech. It wins as a, as a 10-point-plus underdog. North Carolina looking pretty shaky to start the year, almost lost to San Diego State. However, North Carolina coming off a bye and has revenge from ECU's 24-point win last year um, against, against the Tar Heels. Another fun fact, this guy started playing every year from 2007 outside of 2008, so six of the last seven years. North Carolina 5-1 and one against the spread the last six games. I just think ECU, after back-to-back games at South Carolina, at Virginia Tech, probably a little beat up, probably a little worn down, and UNC's kind of floating on the radar as a very meh team. Um, I like, actually, North Carolina to win this one outright. So let's take the Tar Heels to win this one, 41-28. to There you go, Dan. You heard the man. He likes the situation for UNC. Yeah. He thinks it's a revenge spot. He thinks UNC has done really well against ECU. Mm-hmm. In recent memory, he's he's got a point, perhaps a situational play. I have watched some of North Carolina this year and have been wholeheartedly unimpressed. Yeah. So I, th- I think the big thing, though, is ECU has had two big emotional games in a row in consecutive weeks in South Carolina and Virginia Tech. That's just tough to play three straight good teams as good as East Carolina is. And as good as Shane Carden is, that's it's a tough task. This could be our first opportunity to use this. The old Bruce Feldman body blow theory. Yeah, we totally messed up with the USC Boston College preview. Coming USC into a week after being beaten up by Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Coming into play here. I am going to say ECU. I believe in the Pirates. Wow. I'm going to disagree with Chris the Capper. I'm not going to lock it up. My lock is Cal plus 10. I think Cal wins outright. His lock is UNC plus two and a half. Daniel, who is your lock? I'm going to so I think my new way of locking things up after last week when I locked up USC against Boston College. Right. I'm going to lock up a pick that I would be so happy to be wrong about. There you go. Just from a, a purely gleeful college football fan perspective. So I'm going to lock up Auburn minus eight and a half. Lock of the week. So you're going Auburn minus eight and a half. I had it at nine and a half. Oh, here, I had it eight and a half earlier. I'll still lock up Auburn minus nine. Yeah. Because okay. that, that just that would make for a very fun evening for me. And I like a lot of things about Auburn, but that would just be fun to see Auburn fans pull some hair out uh, losing before the SEC schedule even started. Auburn fans around the country. Yes. The thousands of Auburn fans that listen to this show are driving mm-hmm. off the road right now. Congratulations. I love Auburn this week. That does it for our games. Are there any more games on the slate? 
Ty, don't insult me with that question. You know the answer to that. The Patriot League! Who we got here? Holy Cross Friday night game. You don't just go to Harvard and expect to win, but Holy Cross at 2-1 and one, and Harvard sitting at an undefeated 0-0. Zero and zero, Well rested. The Crimson... The Wait, Harvard they haven't played Crimson a game are. yet? They have not played a game, Harvard. Wow, good for them. So they're like Ivy League Cincinnati, which is kind of the worst thing you could say about anybody living in the, the Northeast. Um, no, they have not played anybody, and they have Holy Cross coming to, coming to Cambridge, Massachusetts. Holy Cross sitting at two and one. I'm going to go with the Crossaders here. The Crossaders? When, okay. When in doubt, you roll with the, with the Pat League. I have been to Harvard. Uh, I had JP Licks right near the Harvard campus, which is also a, a frozen yogurt place I went to with you in Chestnut Hill. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say. So we shared a I, moment. I do like the nostalgia factor there. We actually ran through the snow for some Froyo. Yep. Uh, so that was nice, but I'm going Holy Cross and the Crossaders here. Who do you like? I am going uh, Holy Cross as well. Yeah, you got that dangerous Friday night Ivy spot, but let's go Holy Cross. I believe, I believe in the Heavenly Father. Let's go Holy Brown. Cross. This is a noon game. Yeah. The Brown... Brown Saders going yep. to Georgetown. Again, Brown sitting undefeated themselves at 0-0. Zero and zero. Well rested, a long summer, an endless summer. Going to Georgetown 1-2. and two. This game's at Georgetown. Georgetown winless yeah. at home yeah. in the D.C., the greater D.C. area. Your thoughts? Didn't Georgetown go on the road last week and beat Marist? They absolutely did. Yeah. The Marist Firefoxes, as I their mean, logo is apparent to me. You go on the road and beat the Marist Firefoxes, you got to come home. You got to come home with a full head of steam. I got to go Georgetown here. I got to stick with the Pat League, man. I'm going I'm going let down spot. Yeah, I could right see here. it. I could see it. Marist, maybe a little body blow theory going on there. You think so? It could be, yeah. All right, fair enough. That's So, so you're taking Georgetown or you're taking, taking Brown? I'm taking uh, I'm taking Georgetown here. I'm going to stick with the Pat League. Let's stick with the Pat League and go Georgetown. We have a battle, a battle for the team of the greater New York City area. Fordham traveling to Columbia. I believe that is the Bronx to Manhattan. I myself have never been to the Bronx, but I'm smart enough to know that Fordham is New York's one true team. That's right. Fordham coming in at 2-1. and one. Of course, they did get shellacked by Villanova recently, but... They, they had a nice bounce back spot against Rhode Island last week. We talked about that on the rap show for what, 20, 30 minutes. So yeah, yeah. we all know about what's going on there. Columbia, of course, a very tough undefeated at zero and zero. This is a, this is the pal. You have the ACC big 10 challenge in college basketball. We've got a very aggressive Pat league, Ivy league showdown week this week. Yeah. And I'm actually being serious. Cornell has Colgate and Lehigh has Yale. Who does so, Fordham have again? Who are they playing? Fordham has Columbia. Columbia. Kelly, formal coach at Columbia. That's right. So listen, I'm going Fordham. And after this segment, I want to talk secret verbal. I have an idea. Okay. All perfect. right. So let's go Fordham. The official now team of New York City since Rutgers just blew it last week and is going to continue to do so for the rest of the year. All right. We've got Cornell Colgate. Cornell an aggressive undefeated zero and zero Colgate. zero and two. I'm going Cornell here. Yeah, I'm going to go. go gonna, I got to go Colgate. Got to go toothpaste. I'm going big red here. My yeah. friend Danielle in the office went to Cornell, as did the Nard dog, Andy Bernard. I feel good about Cornell. Uh, and Danielle has a name that's very similar to mine. So I respect that. Do you I'm just call someone to- Nard dog, by the way? Yeah. Andy Bernard from the office. Oh, OK. Nard dog. He calls himself that. Nard dog. I didn't hear who you said. I thought you were talking uh, about your office. No. If I had someone in office. my office that I could call Nard dog, that would make life a lot better. Oh, that would be so fun. Yale hosting Lehigh. 
The thing that both of these teams have in common, they have both not won a game. The difference for Yale, they have not lost a game this year. Lehigh 0-2, embarrassing not just themselves, but the region in which they live. I know you can't walk anywhere without no, people can't being do it. down about the, the Mountain Hawk no. engineers. Yep. I'm going Yale here. I got to go Lehigh, Dan. I got to go Lehigh. Otherwise, it's a uh, divorce waiting to happen for me. You know what the name of Yale's mascot is? Uh, the Big Blues. They are they're the Bulldogs. But yep. more specifically, the name of their Bulldog. And once again, our friend Nicole Auerbach would love to be a live Bulldog. The name of their Bulldog is Handsome Dan. How do I go against Yale with that fact? Handsome Dan. There Handsome you go. Handsome Dan. Sacred Heart hosting Bucknell. These teams are combined 5-0. and oh. Sacred Heart has not left the friendly confines of the Heart Dome. What do you feel? I go Bison. You're going Bison? I'm going Bison myself. Yeah. On the road, doesn't matter. They're undefeated away from home. Finally, Lafayette. They're hitting 500, which isn't bad in baseball. Not the greatest in football. One and one. They have not won a game on the road yet. They're traveling to Bill and Mary. Where are you standing here? Got to go Bill and Mary, Dan. Bill and Mary. I'm a Rubenstein legacy. I'm going Lafayette. Of course, Papa Rubenstein, a proud, proud leopard. I'm going Lafayette. I got to get a hawk screech that I can play on this soundboard whenever we start talking about Lehigh. Well, if you're going to get a hawk, you got to get a leopard. What, what sound does a leopard make? It's like a like a growl, like a a, a big cat, like a some sort of snarl. Yeah. I'm huh. sure we can find a big cat sound, a leopard sound. Here you go. I'm pulling up YouTube. Let's see if we can have a listen to what a leopard actually sounds like. Oh, I would love to hear that. So listen, here was my idea. Oh, secret verbal time. By the way, here's a leopard. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like a, a snoring large human. That is ferocious. Yeah, see? Go laps. Ooh. Right? I gotta turn this off. That's nightmare fuel right I'm there. I'm a little bit aroused. Yeah. All right. Well, I was thinking secret verbal. Okay. What were your thoughts? So thus far this season, it's been Chantel Jennings, our friend, ESPN.com, covering the, the Pac-12. We've had uh, Mike Rosenberg from SI.com. I don't know if anybody ever told him. No. Oh, well. Um, anybody else this season? Well, I'm thinking we should try and find whoever the beat writer is for the Fordham Rams. Mm, that is a very specific secret verbal. I think that would be kind of cool. You know who went to Fordham, though? A couple of famous media bros did go to Fordham. Oh? I believe Tony Reale, hmm. who can be found at Around the Horn. I think that could be fun. Yeah. And I want to say, what was the guy? He was the the play-by-play guy for the Lakers. Now he's the play-by-play for the Knicks, and he does CBS football. I want to what is his name? Do you know who I'm talking about here? I don't. I'm looking it up. Knicks play-by-play. Let's see. Knicks radio play-by-play. What's Spiro? Spiro Didis? Something like that? Spiro Agnew. Knicks play-by-play. Uh... Spiro Didis. Uh, let's see if he's on Twitter. He is on Twitter. I don't know if you want to go Spiro Didis. You want to go Tony Reale? Let's go Tony Reale. Okay, so that's, what is it, around the horn on Twitter? No, it's just Tony Reale. It is Tony Reale? Yeah, Tony. He's got the blue check mark by his name. <sighs> then it must be him. That's T-O-N-Y-R-E-A-L-I. Yes. Uh, on Twitter. I've never met Tony. He seems like he'd be up for a secret I think he's verbal. universally pretty likable yeah you might so, not like some of the sports writers on around the horn but tony reale does a great job he seems like a likable chap yeah something fordham related dan yes and i think we can stick quite honestly with fordham being the official team of new york city something in that vein right we need to put our own little spin on it though i agree 
What are your thoughts? Where's your mind going? Fordham's got a water polo team. We could ask Tony about his time on the Fordham water polo team. Yeah, I want to get weirder with it. I want to go real weird with it. Um, what did you have for lunch today? For lunch today, I had a buffalo chicken salad. Okay. Is it true that your nickname was Buffalo Chicken Salad when you mm, were the goalie for the Fordham Rams wow. water? Look at team? you. That's good. Or maybe just Buffalo Chicken? Good buffalo the chicken. Buffalo Chicken? Buffalo Chicken, yeah. Let's call him that. Let's do that. So we need That's good. you, the solid verbal listener. That's good. And I cannot stress this enough. Do not mention where you came from. For from God's whence you sakes, came. don't do it. Don't mention at solid verbal. Don't mention secret verbal. Don't mention, don't hashtag it. Don't, no reference to myself or Ty. Just ask Tony Reali at T O N Y R E A L I. Is it true that, or are the rumors true? Some, some sort of wording, get creative with it. Is it true that your nickname as the goalie for the Fordham Rams water polo varsity team was Buffalo Chicken? Mm, that's perfect. That might be the best one we've ever had. You like that? Yeah, that might be the best one we've ever had. Yeah. He's not from Buffalo. No. He's from somewhere in the city here, but I think that's a good one. I like it. I like it a lot, Dan. Very good. See how we work to find that out like a team? That's what we are. We're nothing if not. the water polo. I ask your lunch. Successful team here. (sighs) How you doing? How's your weekend looking? Weekend's looking great. I'm excited for some college football. I'm very excited for college football. I don't know what I'm going to eat or where I'm going to be watching these games. Um, but I, I do have a question for you. Yes. So we did a lot of non-college football life advice topics, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we did during the off season. We probably don't have time to do much of that during the season, but maybe we'll pepper it a little bit. But I have a a question because I was talking to Dr. Jane. It turns out she does not have her driver's license. What? Her husband is making her get her learner's permit. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my question to you. Hey. Yeah. Is the solid fiance Kate a good driver? No. Not a good driver? No. And she's going to okay. listen to this and probably be angry that I said it. It's okay. In what way is she not a good driver? Well, let me, let me, let me preface that a little bit. I shouldn't say she's not a good driver. Right. The problem is that I do most of the driving. How do you feel about that? I do most. I'm okay with it. I like driving. Right. I do most of the driving. So for me to be in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a control freak. Are you? I'm a bit of a side seat, a side seat, back seat driver, side seat driver. Sure. I like to tell her where to go, what to do, when to turn, what to watch out for. Right. And that inevitably leads to some sort of verbal dispute inside mm-hmm. the car. A solid verbal dispute. If you that's will. right. Yeah. My point is maybe not that she's not a good driver, just that whenever she's driving, we tend to get into it verbally, if only because I'm a bit of a hothead about it. Does that make so, sense? Would you say she's a better driver than you are passenger? Ooh, probably. Yeah, I'm, a, okay. I'm not a good passenger. Would you trust her to be a, a good driver? Say you're on a road trip and maybe you guys went out for drinks the night before and you, you went a little bit harder than she did. Yeah. And you were not feeling all that great in the morning and you had like a four or five, six hour drive ahead of you. Yeah. And you just want to sort of nod off and sort of not have to focus on the road. Yeah. Would you be comfortable with her taking the helm for five or six hours? Um, I'd be comfortable with it, but I don't know if I'd be relaxed enough to nod off. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because that, I think, was part of the onus for Dr. Jane being requested what's, to get her. 
what's your driver's license situation? You just I, got one, right? My my license expired. My California license expired last year, and I I didn't renew. I just got a New York license last year. Okay. I mean, I didn't have to take a driver's test or whatever because if it's within six months of uh, the license expiring, you just sort of get a new one. Um, I am a much better driver when I have my glasses on. Yeah. See, I was gonna say I've been in the car with you. Yeah. A little bit of a lead foot. Yeah. A little bit I, of a lead foot. I can see that. Mildly terrifying without the glasses. You know what it is with the lead foot thing? I sit in traffic so much that yeah. I'm so excited not to be in traffic. No, I get that. I yeah. get that. I understand. Yeah, um, I, I would wear my glasses. I, I am wise enough now to wear my glasses while there driving. There was an instance. Maybe it was in Miami. Okay. It was somewhere where you were driving and I was passenger. Mm-hmm. And you said, hey, um, what's that sign say? Yeah. And that to me, you know, a little bit frightening. Look, uh, it was not right on top of the car. No, it was, it was okay. So what? So my so here's my follow up question that we can sign off. If Kate, when you meet Kate, you start dating, you start yeah. finding out about her and her background, her whatever, what what she likes, what she doesn't like, it comes out. She's like, oh, I actually don't have a driver's license. I right. you know I get a ride from a neighbor who works down the street every morning, and you know we we car I carpool, I just hop a ride, and I just never felt like I needed to get a driver's license, so I don't have one. Yeah. What would your reaction be early on to starting to date a girl that did not have a driver's license? And obviously, this is much more common because Jane grew up in New York. New York, it's a different story. Sure. In rural Pennsylvania? Didn't go to college here, though. Okay. Rural Pennsylvania? Yeah. That's a red flag to me. It's a, I, I think so, too. Bit of a red flag to me. Yeah, that's... You need What's to drive I, to get around. You don't need a car. You just the licenses to it, have that ability, I think, is a, is a good life thing to have. Yeah, I agree. What kind of car does Kate drive? I mean, just, you know, a sedan, an SUV, a hatchback, a sedan, a sedan. sedan. OK, yeah. how many doors? Four doors, four doors. And you're at what? Two or four? I'm at four. OK, I've been I at four you were at for two. One. No, I thought about two. What did you what did you think about two wise? Something that looks a little sporty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Accentuates my cool but side. The brand of cars, a little sporty, a little sporty. Not a lot. You know, a little bit of class, a little bit of sport, a little okay. bit of edge. Okay, you know, I respect that. Yeah, we need to do a driving. Oh man, I, I've got a lot of driving thoughts. As oh, in, wow. I'm, I'm just an average driver. I'm 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 serviceable. I'm above average with my glasses. But uh, yeah, I've got. I think we can get a, a lot of mileage. Oh yeah, that, look at that. that. Look at right? that. Right, hot dog. Wow. Demon. Uh, I, I think we get a lot of mileage out of a, a non-college football driving segment. All right. Well, this is fun. Yeah. Your lock one more time is the Auburn Tigers minus nine and a half. Yeah. Nothing could go wrong on a Thursday night on the road. My lock is Cal plus 10. I like them outright. Chris, the yep. capper likes UNC over ECU. UNC is at plus two point five. We've also got a secret verbal one more time at Tony Reale. That's T-O-N-Y-R-E-A-L-I. Let's talk to him about being nicknamed Buffalo Chicken while he was goalie of the Fordham Water Polo team. Correct. For that guy over there, Mr. Dan Rubenstein for myself, Ty, here in good old Eastern and rural PA. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Call us at 408-VERBAL-1. Look for us on Facebook, on FanCred, and of course on Twitter. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the games by all means. Post your tailgating pictures on our Facebook page and stay solid. Peace. Peace.